Maria Daniels here with Successfully Chaotic, and I have a friend here, Krista Gordon, and she's coming to us today and wants to tell us just a little bit about who she is and what she does. Krista, I'm going to go ahead and let you just kind of take over and talk. Sure. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, So my name is Krista, and I am a mom of two kiddos, um, both that have anxiety and some sensory processing issues, and found that I kind of needed to go on a parenting journey and that the ways that, you know, traditionally I had learned to parent were just not working in my home. And I needed to find a way to get creative, get innovative and really meet my kiddos where they were at. Um, And it, it just went on this, I call it a journey because I really don't think there's any other way to describe it. Um, And it started with, one class that was a kid's yoga certification. I used to be a dance teacher. And when I was, I did that for over 20 years. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I taught right up until the week before I had her. And then I kept saying I would go back, I would go back. And then I never went back. (laughs) That's typical mom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I was really missing that interaction with children. There's just something about children's energy that is just so amazing. I I love the way they look at life. I I just love their enthusiasm. Um, So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go take this one class for kids yoga. It's an intro class and it'll help me and my kids. And I'm in that class and I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, I know this friend that their child experiences that. And, oh, and they're, you know, and I just started thinking about all these kiddos that walk around with these huge emotions and, and how they just needed some different ways to help them. And so I was like, you know what, I know I said I was doing this just for my kids, but I'm being called, I'm going to start teaching. So I started teaching kids yoga and, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of it in the area where I live up in Massachusetts that were actually in studio teaching. And of course this was, pre-COVID, so I could do that. Um, And it just was such an amazing experience and kind of seeing what helped my kids and then bringing it to others and hearing other parents say, oh, you know, that breathing technique that you taught them with the shapes, we use it all the time. And it just, it just continued my journey. And so then I, you know, went into the 95 hour certification program because I had to keep going and I yeah. had to figure out how do I do this for preschoolers and, you know, how can I do this for moms and babies or dads and babies or nannies and babies and, you know, give them that wonderful time to connect. And it's just, it's been an amazing journey bringing in a lot of other holistic ways too that, um, you know, I just have this mission to help children feel more empowered. And it's something I do within my home. And so then it kind of turned into a business where I help other families do it too. And um, can work as kind of a partner with parents and help them figure out and create and innovate different ways to provide coping strategies for their kiddos. And also work one-on-one with the kids through yoga and mindfulness. I think that's great. And I think that's what 
in my opinion, <laughs> so many parents and kids need. Um, we chatted a little bit before we went on air that we have similar kind of beliefs and strategies. And I didn't always have those beliefs and strategies on, you know, coping and all that stuff. It wasn't something that I was, you know, kind of raised around. And um, I kind of actually thought a lot of the yoga and a lot of the mindset, a lot of the energy and the healing energy and all that stuff was so like woo woo out there, you know, and it wasn't until that I started kind of experiencing those things myself that I brought it into my home and uh-huh. some of my younger kids um, was able to, you know, start introducing that to them early on, which for my 11 year old has been great. Cause he's autistic. He's higher functioning, but he's autistic. And, you know, you mentioned about, you know, your, your kids having anxiety and, um, some, some sensory issues, you know, with autism, there's usually tons of layers of other kind of underlying issues that's going on, sensory anxiety being a couple of those. And, you know, we've been able to introduce different things, you know, to be able to allow him to cope during times where he's so overwhelmed. So I, I love that that is something that you're literally teaching other moms, dads, like I said, nannies to do, because I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have anybody to say, here's what you need to do. I, I just started noticing, I was doing it for myself. I'd started doing it for myself. Um, and I started noticing that I, my, I have anxiety that my uh-huh. anxiety was getting better. I didn't start going for anxiety. That was what was funny. I didn't start doing yoga for anxiety. I started doing yoga because, you know, I used to do MMA. I used to be very like, like hard, hard, hard athletics, anything hard, heavy, fat, you know, that was me. And I've got tons of injuries from it. So I still wanted to be able to stay active. And actually my chiropractors were like, you're going to have to start doing some stuff that's easier on your body. And I fought it for the longest time. I really did. I didn't want to do it because that wasn't my mentality. I'm very much adrenaline junkie. I'm like, ah, you know, I can be too. Yeah. Yes. And it was just, it was so hard. But when I started going, I started noticing, even though I was going because my joints needed it, you know, my body needed something that was easier. I started noticing it was really affecting my other issues, my underlying issues that I had, which was, you know, high anxiety and high stress and all, all these other things that you are learning, you know, you learn. And, and I was able to find that I was calmer and I was able to take on way more than I normally could. And it just kind of like a light bulb went off my head. Oh, this would be so good for my kids. But if I had had somebody like yourself to be able to walk me through it, because I feel like I kind of, from what I know now and what I was doing then, I feel like I kind of went full circle, you know, trying to figure it all out and trying this. Well, that doesn't work. Trying this, that doesn't work, you know, type of thing. But to be able to kind of take the shortcut and have somebody say, well, these are ways that we found for anxiety. You know, these are ways that we found, you know, for sensory, somebody that's already kind of vetted it out. I think that is Mm -hmm. super important. So when you decided to kind of make this, I guess, almost like a career change, um, was, was it something that you felt was kind of hard to break into, you know, to get people to understand? Yeah. And it still is. Um, so you think about adult yoga and, you know, there are all different kinds of yoga, but people tend to put the thought into very slow moving, very quiet, very relaxing, And they automatically go, my kid can't do that. That's not for my kid. Well, that's not the kind of kids yoga I teach. Do they get there? Yes. But do kids have a lot of things that they need to move through in and out of? And, you know, my daughter calls it the wiggles. She's called it that since she was three. That was like the term she used. Mom, my body's filled with wiggles. And I'm like, what is she talking about? Well, now that I know her diagnosis and I know her brain, the way her brain works, it makes so much sense. It was like, 
such a prolific statement for a little kiddo to use. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what I do with kids. I let them work through all the things. Do they need to get the wiggles out? Do they need to be a little silly? Yes. The sillier I am in class, the more engaged they are and the more they do. And, you know, I also work in things to help different systems in our kids' bodies, like the vestibular system and the proprioceptive system. So those are systems that kiddos need to develop, but they need the skills to help them develop. And that just gets built into my class. They don't even know that I'm helping them learn where their body is in space. They don't know that I'm helping their joints learn that they're standing upright. They're just having fun, you know? So I make it fun and I make it interactive and we do get silly, but then we breathe. And whenever I do breathing with kiddos, I like to pair it with a visual or a concept because I think it makes it more attainable for them. So something as simple as like putting a stuffed animal or a book or their phone, you know, when they're older on their stomach and they're laying on their back and having them do the breathing that when they breathe in, they're actually inflating their stomach. So whatever object is in their stomach is moving up. And then as they breathe out, they let the belly come down. Um, You know, so for young kiddos, I call it like, take your stuffy for a ride or, you know, you can make it fun that way. But naturally, you know, kiddos have a shorter breathing pattern. And if you watch them, sometimes when they breathe in, their stomach is going in, not out. So they really have to get present. They really have to think. But by putting that object on their stomach, you know, and then you can also add something like, oh, don't wiggle. You know, you got to try and stay still. Try to keep your body soft. You know, then it's combining that present of where is my body right now? And can I do this? Yes, you can, you know, and giving them that extra encouragement. So we move through breathing. So we do all the moving that we need to do, all the breathing that we need to do. I like doing some brain organization skills too um, that help with kind of using both the right and left side of the body so that both sides of the brain are being utilized. That helps kind of bring everything in and centered and present and balanced. And then we move into whatever our quiet time is going to be. And, you know, even for kiddos as young as two and three, I can get them to sit on their yoga mat for up to five minutes, Mm -hmm. just being present and, you know, telling a story or using something visual that they can watch like a bubble timer or an LED candle that changes lights. So, you know, for those parents that say, oh, no, yoga is not for my kid. They're way too active. I always say, give it a shot. Yeah. Give it a try. And not every kid's yoga instructor is the same. So that's the other thing too. Every, you know, every teacher kind of develops their own style. Um, But I really find so much benefit in allowing kids to get all that energy out, to get them centered and balanced and breathing. And then we have our quiet time and they actually crave the quiet time. Once they feel comfortable and confident that they can, they do. And so one thing that I say to parents when I'm working kind of on the, the, the um, mom or dad or caregiver side is we say to our kids a lot, um, you know, wait a minute, hold on, just pause or, you know, however you use that type of phrase with your family, but we don't teach them that skill. Yeah. Kids aren't built to wait. It's just no. <laughs> not innate. It's not a part of who they are. 
But if you had ways that you could preface it or, you know, that you've practiced it, you know, mommy needs two minutes to get send this email. How about you do a sun salutation while you wait? Or mm-hmm. how about you go play with your puzzle while you wait? There are ways to ask them to wait a minute that's more of a skill building. So that's something that I, you know, that I help parents start to create and think about too. Absolutely. And I think, and I've been guilty of this myself in the past, that when we're just doing that, wait a second, just hold on, whatever. If you're not following it up with an expectation, they're frustrated, you're uh-huh. frustrated. So a lot of times it's going to end up being this back and forth and I've done it. You know, I've, I've done yeah. it plenty of times. We all do. I do. Yes. Too. <laughs> yes. I mean, and it's hard. I mean, it is, but if you take a step back and you said it a minute ago that, you know, we're not giving them that skill set. We're not telling them what they're expected to do when they're a child, you know, just, just the random, wait a second means nothing to them. Wait a second and do what, you know, what does that right. mean? You know what I mean? So I love that you're, you're kind of helping build the skill sets for almost for the, the parent or the caregiver and the child to be able to um, approach all aspects of life, you know, not just, you know, um, mindset, not just, you know, physical activity, not just, you know, one thing, it's going, it's a combination of all the things. And I think that is um, the bigger point here. And you mentioned earlier, um, I was making notes here that, you know, you really like to work with the parents and let them know that it's kind of normal for kids to be, you know, busy and energetic and that they can have the quiet time. And I know for my kids, um, it seems like the more they need the quiet time, the more wild and crazy and hyper they get. So it's yes. almost like a cry for help. I've, I've, and it's, you know, I've been, a, I've got seven kids and my oldest is 21. My youngest is three. So I've been like, Oof. I feel like my parenting journey has been long at this point, <laughs> but, um, I've learned so much with each and every kid that, you know, and that's one of the things is that, you know, we don't think about that, you know, if they're super energetic or they're not sitting still, they're bouncing off the walls or whatever that they need. They're just craving the quiet time that they are, you know, it's for my kids, like the more sleepy, the more tired, you know, that they are, they need, they're more wild and they need that outlet of, of giving them the space and the time to be quiet. But again, if you haven't attached that to a learned skill, they don't even really know how to do it. They just know right. they feel out of control and out, you know, it's almost like, I don't know if you've seen like a lot of like, um, like videos of, uh, like where it shows like atoms, how they move, like atoms bouncing. Yeah. Like it's kind of like that. It's just like it their is. whole body is just going all over the place because they don't know what to do. They just know that something's not balanced out. Something's not working right. And they're exhausted or they're overwhelmed or they're all the things. And they have, they haven't attached that to a skill set to say, Oh, I- I'm feeling like this. So let me go and do ABC, you know, yeah. that's a learn process. It is. And yeah, and what I, I mean, through my parenting journey, even though my, both of my kiddos have a very similar diagnosis, the way it shows in them is very different. And I have one who in that fight, flight, or freeze moment becomes a freezer and the other one becomes a fighter. Yeah. So I've started to journal I've started to look at times of day. I've started to look at what are we transitioning from that's making this, you know, this anxiety build. It's almost like I've started to um, make a map a little bit to think about each of my kids because 
I like to be prepared. <laughs> that helps me feel less anxious as a parent. And so if I have one or two scenarios kind of running in my mind of what can I do if X, Y, or Z happens, um, sometimes that does get overwhelming. But okay. if there's a short list there, at least I know I have something I can pull from quickly. So that's one piece of advice that I always give to, to families. And I, you know, Every behavior is because of something. Yeah. The why. That's what I always... The why. Yeah. And you may never, you may never know the why, but if you, if you can say, Ooh, it's four o'clock. I know they haven't had a snack. They haven't eaten anything since one. And if they get hangry, it's all going to go bad. And Mm -hmm. you know, all the things you can be prepared. You can be one step ahead. Um, And then having coping strategies lined up for maybe when you didn't catch it. Yeah. Right. And just being ready in that moment. How can I connect with them? How can I get them present? And how can I get them breathing? Which for me is always super helpful once my kids hit that kind of level of anxiety when it already is overwhelmed. Well, and you think about it. I mean, even as adults, even if you don't have any mega underlying mental health issues, um, you know, even as adults, we get so overwhelmed, we get frustrated, we get hangry, we get all these things. Yeah, and you don't absolutely. think about it's going to be majorly magnified in a child because, you know, we've gone through years and years and years of developing coping mechanisms and knowing the causes and effects, and they mm-hmm. don't have that luxury yet. So, and they you know, don't have a they no. don't have a fully developed logical no, brain yet. Exactly. Either. Exactly. <laughs> So it is, it is, and I, again, I am, I'm preaching to the choir here. I've made all the mistakes as a parent, but, you know, I think about my older kids and, you know, I felt, I feel like I never really thought about the things that I do now. I was almost kind of forced to have to think about it because I have an autistic child. It wasn't until I had an autistic child and, you know, his, his brain worked so differently Mm -hmm. and you know, quote unquote, the normal brain that I really had to start thinking outside of the box on some of these things, but really kind of rewinding and looking back at my older kids, they had their own issues and their own. I mean, I have anxiety. I mentioned I have anxiety. All of my kids have some underlying anxiety. Some are worse than others, but I never did think about it until I had this child that had, you know, just blaring in your face issues that had to be dealt with. And I started yep. back like, wow, okay, well, my oldest one did this. And, you know, my second one did this and, you know, all these things that I could have helped, you know, with that, you know, I didn't think to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, you know, as moms, we can beat ourselves up, you know, cause oh, I've had those moments 100%. where I'm like, Oh, I should have known. And I should have done. And I should have, should have, should have, but you know, you need to give yourself, you know, grace on these things that, you know, you're not going to know everything. It's we're learning when you have a child. And I tell this to my kids too, that when you have a child, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know no. who they are. You don't really no. know each other just because you give birth to them or, you know, what you, you know, or maybe some people adopt, you know, whatever, but it doesn't mean, you know, them as a person, you're learning and getting to know each other. And I think that can be hard, especially in a parent child relationship, just because you're, you feel like you're supposed to know all the things. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, I can very specifically remember the kind of when my parenting paradigm shifted and I was at, my son was six months old and we were having back-to-back ear infection problems and my daughter's meltdowns were 
you know, she was three and they were really, really hard. And I was at the doctor's office and we're so fortunate to have an amazing pediatrician and I'm holding my son and he's crying and my mother's with me. And she looked at me and she said, honey, it's okay to not feel okay right now. You're going through a lot. And just having somebody say, like, it's okay to not feel okay. I mean, I cried. I cried elephant tears, (laughs) you know, because I think we try to hold it all together. And like you said, we try to, you know, act like we know and act like we are, you know, we're doing this, we're trudging and we're putting that face on. But in that moment, I, I almost really had nothing left. Yeah. And I, and I remember saying to the pediatrician, you know, just having what we're going through with my son is hard. But then I have my daughter who, you know, what is a normal meltdown? Is that two hours? Is it three hours? And she looked at me and she said, no, honey, that's not normal. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but that's what's happening. And I don't know what to do. And it was like the first time I could say out loud, I don't know what to do. And that's really where it all began. I knew that I, that I did need to ask for help. I knew that I did need to start saying I'm not okay. Or, you know, somebody please just give me a tip, (laughs) you know, something that I can try. And, um, you know, that was really where it all began that I started looking at things differently. Like I don't have to do this alone. There are other moms out there that are experiencing the same things or families that are experiencing the same things. And, you know, even if what I'm experiencing is slightly different, if they tell me their story, it might spark an idea in me. You know, I may know that that won't work for my kid, but it might make you think of something that will. And so that's really become a huge part of of my mission. And especially during COVID times where my one-on-one interaction with kids was changing and it was virtual and some of the studios were, you know, not offering a virtual option. And so how I could work with kids changed. That's when I really made the shift in thinking more about you know, what do these parents need? What do these caregivers need? How can I help them and give them some knowledge? And so now there's kind of two sides to the way, you know, I do this. I can work one-on-one with the kiddos, which I love. (laughs) I love so much. They're just so sweet. And, you know, I, there's one boy that I worked with, um, every Monday and he would give me the biggest hug at the end of class. Nine-year-old boy, right? Yeah, yeah. Giving me this huge hug. And his mother would look at me and say, he doesn't hug anybody. Yeah. And all I could think it's because in that moment, he felt comfortable. He felt, yeah. he felt okay in his body. His body felt aligned. Like, I I don't know. And I, I tried to get him to describe it. And he's like, I don't know. I just like giving you hugs. I was like, you know what? I'll take it. That works. But there's just something about, um, being able to show somebody something or being able to share something and having it resonate. It's just, it's amazing. And kids are so open. They are. They are. And I think a lot of times from my experience, it's, I I love my kids dearly, but you know, I think it's easier for somebody else to come in from the outside because, you know, I always say this all the time that our loved ones gets the worst of us a lot of times 
Should mm-hmm. it be that way? No, but it is, you know, you have a bad day, you take it home, you take it out on your spouse. I mean, it's just how it yeah, goes. Yeah, your safe space. Yeah. And so we are our kids' safe space. So a lot of times we don't get that interaction that, you know, we're craving, we're wanting. So it just makes us question ourselves more. And, you know, I love that you're working with the caregivers now, because I mean, I know as a mom, I've hit those low moments. I, you know, you were telling your story about the doctor and I can remember my low, low, low point. And, you know, it was the moment where I thought I cannot, I cannot do this. And my son was my one that's autistic. He was um, four and I had newborn because we had a surprise baby after him. I thought I was done. Then surprise had a newborn. So I'm like nursing every two seconds. I got this kid that's autistic that was barely verbal at the time. Um, They told me he would never be verbal. He is, but that's a, that's a whole other story. But he was throwing fits, just fits, fits, fits. I mean, bad. And, um, you know, we had had to be at therapy all day, had to stop at Kroger. And I knew going into the grocery store that this, I was like five minutes, we're going to have five minutes because he's going to completely melt down. I knew it. Baby was hungry. Cade, which was, is my autistic kid was just, he was done with the day already. So I thought, well, I've got to grab this couple of things. I'm just going to run. Well, we ended up in a register, only one register open, thousand people in front of me. So I've got the carrier, the baby screaming. I'm leaking all over my shirt because I'm nursing. So I'm like standing uh, covered in breast milk, holding the screaming baby, like holding my hand of my autistic child that's screaming on the floor. I mean, like complete sensory overload meltdown. And, you know, there's nothing you can do when that happens. You just have to kind of like let it happen. And I remember there's this older man that came up and he said, this is exactly, he's talking to me. He said, this is exactly what's wrong with this country. He said, we don't discipline our kids enough. He said, so this is right here. He said, what, what is wrong with the world? And I, I mean, at that moment that it was like the straw that broke the camel's back and I just burst into tears. I said, do you want them? I said, cause I don't know what to do with them at this point. (laughs) And I just left Uh. everything in the line and I go, I just left. I left to go to my car and I put the baby in a seat. Again, I'm just like covered in breast milk and I'm bawling at this point. I'm trying to put Cade in his car seat. He didn't like his car seat anyway. Autistic kids don't like yeah. to be buckled in. So he's like stiff as a board. It looks like child abuse as I'm trying to get him, you know, into uh. his car seat. And I'm just bawling and sobbing. And it was like the lowest moment. I thought, I don't know what I am doing. Like, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Am I a good mom for him? Am I, you know, you start questioning every single part of you. And, you know, I say this because that moment was a, it was a down, down, low, low moment for me, but it also was a moment that flipped a switch in my head because, you know, before I had my son, I may have been that person. I've been like, wow, that kid is a brat. I mean, just watch, just, you know, he doesn't know how to listen. He doesn't know how to throw in a fit like because, you know, I was very strict with my older kids. I was, you know, and it wasn't until I had a child who literally could not, not would not, but could not do those things that I started to understand that there's lots and lots and lots of other kids who have issues like yeah. that too. And it's, you know, and to be more understanding and to not be so quick to judge another parent who, yeah, maybe, maybe the kid has no sensory issues or nothing wrong, but maybe the mom is just like overloaded or the dad or the yeah. girl, whoever is just overloaded. And at that moment, they don't know what to do. And yeah. just to be able, instead of, you know, thinking something negative, you know, to be able to say, like you said, somebody said to you is it's okay to not be okay. Just just the acknowledgement alone, not that anybody can fix anything, but just the acknowledgement that, you know, it's all right. You know, just somebody to say something like that is all that needs to happen. And, you know, I, I say all the time that I, I needed my son, you know, I didn't realize I needed him, but I, Mm -hmm. I mean, him because he's taught me so much about 
well, literally life. I mean, how to look everything differently. I would have never looked at the world the same if I hadn't had him. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I have tears like in my eyes because I can, you're telling your story and I can picture it because I think I've been there differently, but the same, right. All at the same time. I don't even know if that's a saying, but, and, um, you know, what if, what if there was a person that looked at you and could feel your pain, could see your overwhelm and instead got down on your kiddos level and said, Hey, my favorite color is blue. What's yours? Or do you know, do you know the song, the ABCs? And even if the kid is so overwhelmed, they can't talk back. They may engage by, you know, looking at you and, you know, and so when I do this work that I do with kids, my hope is that I can create a generation of more kids that when they're adults, they'll do that. Absolutely. They'll be the one that will see the overwhelm and instead of criticizing it, they'll want to help it. That's my hope because I really do feel that if children can learn how to be present, if they can learn how to be mindful, and if they can learn about emotions, they will be different adults. I agree. And I think most people do not do well on emotions. It's no, not, not no. something that's been taught well to most people. Yeah. I, mean, I was those people, you know, I, and I mean, I love my parents with all my heart and they did the best they can, could. And um, I told you, you know, earlier that, you know, I did the best I could with my older kids, but when you know better, you do better, you know, that saying, and, yeah. you know, I know better now. So I try to do better. Am I perfect? Absolutely. So, so, so far from it. <laughs> you know, I still have my moments. Nobody where, is. No, I still have my moments where I'm like, okay, I need to put myself in check, you know? Um, but, you know, overall, you know, just being able to, again, teach children, like you said, to be able to be a little more understanding. I think it, it, it could be that butterfly effect that we've, you know, people talk about. I mean, and it's such a simple step really in the big Mm -hmm. scheme of things to really, Mm -hmm. you know, give them an outlet, to give them, you know, a quiet space, to give them, you know, a way to be able to have that moment that they need to be able to deal with all the things that go on. Or to be able to say, you know, you're angry. It's okay to be angry, but let me teach you how to help your angry safe. Yeah. Let's do it in a safe way, right? We all experience anger, but what we do with it is what makes it harmful, right? So, um, you know, my kiddo who's a fighter, his anger is like the behavior that's just like waiting to pop up. It's right there every time. And so we keep saying it's okay to be angry. We have to give it a name, right? We have to let him know the way you feel right now is anger, but we're not going to hit mommy. We're not going to throw the TV remote for, you know, the 1000th time that it's held together with duct tape. We're going to go hit our pillow. We're going to go punch the punching bag. We're going to stomp our feet and scream up and down. You know, I'm just going to give a tip. Stomping feet is an amazing coping skill. (laughs) And I have heard parents say, and again, what you, when you know better, you do better. Don't stomp your feet. It's disrespectful. Yeah. 
No, if my kid's mad, I want him to scream at the top of his lungs and stamp his feet because it's going to get him grounded. He's going to get energy pushed out of his body. He's going to know exactly where his body is in space and time. And the screaming is going to help him release. And you know what? His anger may not last as long. So let your kiddos stamp their feet. (laughs) I'm in agreement on that. I mean, some of the things I think that has been, you know, over generations considered disrespectful, they're actually normal, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, and some things more normal and some and family, you know, some families than others, I get that. But I mean, I know our family, our, you know, love language is sarcasm. We have a very sarcastic family. It's just the way that it is. You know, yeah. I was raised in a very sarcastic family. My family is a very sarcastic family. And I know in some people's homes, sarcasm is considered super disrespectful. Yep. In our house, it's not, I mean, there's obviously a level, but silly little things. It's, it's not, yeah. and I always tell my kids, I'm like, watch, because we go to other people's houses, you know, yes. that be a different role there. But yeah. again, you're, you're giving them the cause and effect. You're saying, okay, this is fine here, but you know, over here or over here or at school or, you know, wherever that may not be an acceptable thing to do type of yeah. thing. When my daughter was little, she couldn't say the word sarcasm. She called it sassafras, and I loved it. I would say something, and she would go, Mommy, was that sassafras? (laughs) And I would just laugh so hard. Like I I just love those little memories that pop up. Kids kids have a different way of looking at the world that really, I think if we take a, you know, pause and kind of think about it, they really have more to teach us than we have to teach them. I think that Absolutely. we all start out with this ability to see the world. And yes, we may not have all these experiences, but our ability to see the world is just big and bright. And we forget that just as yes. life kind of bogs us down. Well, and I think too, and even just seeing the difference in my, my daughter from four to eight and the way her view of the world has started to come in. And I'm constantly pulling it back out, right? Like you don't have to think in a box. It's okay to not think X, Y, Z right now. You can still have that out of the box thinking, you know, and she'll say, mommy, I said this answer at school to this question. And, you know, the teacher kind of made a face at me and it's like, that's okay. Because someday you may have a boss that will make the same face at you, but I still want you to speak your mind, right? So Teaching that level of like keeping the big thinking, keeping the what makes you unique about you, right? Like I, I, say, to, I say to my kids in my class all the time, I love you as unique as you are exactly the way you are and because I, I learn so much from them. Yeah. And I think that's important for kids to hear because I do think accidentally parents and caregivers you know, put these expectations on kids that mm-hmm. really isn't fair because again, we are learning to know who they are. We don't even know who they are really or who they're supposed to be. So, you know, I think accidentally we end up trying to put them in a box, much like you said. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really, it's not fair to them. It's not fair to really the world because I think we're dampening down, you know, all that somebody can be when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know we were chatting at the beginning and I brought up Reiki and, and I became a Reiki practitioner because of my daughter's anxiety, because I, I wanted to find anything and everything that might be able to help her. And, um, it's a very special thing for us. You know, we do it. She knows when she's ready for it. She knows when she needs it, when she wants that new energy to come in. And, um, she shared with me that one day she was, at school 
again, this was pre-COVID time when they could be on the playground (laughs) and they were, you know, touching, you know, playing very close proximity. And a little girl shared how nervous she was about a test that was coming up or something. And my daughter's extremely empathic. And so she taught this little girl to put her hands together and to rub her hands together. And she said, now think all happy things, all happy things. And then she said, now take all that energy and put it right where you feel nervous. And the little girl took her hands and put it right on her tummy. And, and Caitlin said, that's Reiki. And the little girl was like, what's Reiki? And, and so I'm yeah. thinking to myself, oh no, I'm going to get a phone call from a parent. What, yeah. you know, what just happened? But what, like in my little girl's mind, right? She took something that Now, she's not a Reiki practitioner, but in her mind, she knew that she could create positive energy for this other child. And I just, it's that level of creativity that I love in children. I love, I love it. And, you know, some parents will say to me, oh, no, my kid's not creative. They would never do that. My kid's not creative. Well, maybe they wouldn't do that, but maybe they would do something else because every kiddo's brain works different. You know, maybe your kid would build an invention that mine wouldn't. I don't know, but I just, I don't know. I just love to see the possibilities and I, and I love to teach my kids that too. I agree. And, you know, even if somebody isn't open to Reiki and all of that, I mean, like I I shared before we went online, that wasn't something that I was always open to. I am now, obviously, but it wasn't something that I was always very comfortable with. But if you kind of take a 50,000 foot view of it, you know, you're just creating positive mindset. You're creating positive thought processes. So, and that's what I share with people. Like if they're not comfortable with the terminology of Reiki and all the, you know, the terms that go with it, you know, I'm always like, well, just think of positive thoughts. Everybody knows positive thinking, you know, so let's just think about it like that. So, I mean, right. you know, it's, it, I think a lot of times people will get so hung up in the terminology of things. They don't realize that it's practices that is very much a part of lots of people's lives. They just mm-hmm. haven't connected it with a specific practice. Right. Right. You know, and what do we do when, you know, when we need comfort, we hold somebody's hand or we give them a hug or right. Like that's connecting, that's energy. That's, that's my energy connecting to your energy to give you comfort. And Reiki just does it differently. Um, you know, but when your kiddo needs comfort, you're there, you're right there, you know? Uh, Well, unless, Unless the meltdown's too big, then maybe you wait a minute. Or wait a <laughs> minute. We have there. to do we have to do with the fighter in the house. Yeah. But um, you know, you know when that time is right. You know when you can swoop in and it just becomes a hug. And so, you know, I sometimes I think about Reiki as just one big hug. It's just a way of bringing the uni- you know the universe from the energy in, giving it to you, and letting you give yourself a hug. I love that. That's a great way to think about it. And I think, again, if people kind of think about it in those aspects, it's a little less overwhelming because new things are very overwhelming to some people and some more than, you know, others, but, you know, thinking about it from those terms, it kind of is like, okay. Cause I mean, I've been talking to people and, you know, explaining in those ways they are like, all right, okay. I I understand that. I get that. And I love that. So if, if somebody is like wanting to reach out to you to maybe talk to you a little more, like maybe they're having a rough time with their children or sure. how do they do that? Sure. So, um, my business name is tranquil little one. 
And um, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. I do have a website. Um, I, my branding, my logo is um, a rainbow bubble with a little a little child meditating inside. So I, um, I always say, look for the little kiddo in the bubble. I love that. Um, And I also do have a great Facebook group um, called Create and Innovate Your Parenting Style. And it's really all about working together as a community to share things that you brainstormed or if you need help. Like the other day, I put something up about writer's block. Um, You know, I just could not get creative enough to help my kiddo. And I had some wonderful suggestions come in. So that's a great little community if, um, you know, if you are the type of person that is creative in how you parent, or if you need help and inspiration along the way, um, that's another great place to be. That's great. I'll make sure all these links are in the show notes when this airs. But I think that, you know, any parent, even if, you know, you're not having any type of quote unquote issues with your child, it's always great to learn different ways of doing things. Because again, we're getting to know who our little people are. You Mm -hmm. know, we don't know who they are yet. So it's great to have, you know, some other people kind of giving us, you know, some tips and tricks and things that they've tried. So I'll make sure that that link for the Facebook group and all the other links are in the show notes. So that way if somebody's interested in learning about, you know, a little bit more about what you do, they can reach out to you. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I would love to bring more people into that community. That would be great. I'm, I'm going to look up. I'm going to join the community. I'm always in need of, it's funny because I always jokingly say, you know, after seven kids, you think I would have this like parenting thing down pat, but again, they are all so different. And yes, I've yeah. definitely learned on my parenting journey, but I don't think you ever really, I don't think it's a destination because uh-uh. I have, I have grown children. I have three that are technically adults, 21, 20 and 18. And, you know, I always thought, oh, you know, 18 years and then they print. No, it's, 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 you're still parenting them. I'm still parenting my 21 year old just in a different way. She's married. She has a baby, you know, it's a whole different dynamic and different relationship, but it's still parenting. So it's like, you know, it's one of those things that it is a journey and it's a never ending journey. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think, um, you know, if you can find if you can find other people to help you. And again, admitting when you're not okay is okay. (laughs) You know, and even though I do this as my business, there are days that I need help too. And that's why I started to build that community because I, you know, I needed to say to people, Hey, I'm having a moment who can have my back right now, you know? So if, you know, I want people to do it for me and I'm willing to, to get ready and do it for others too. That's great. Well, I've enjoyed having you on here and we will have all the links for all of Krista's groups and Facebook pages and such on in the show notes. And I will talk to you later. Thanks so much. Have a great day. I stay on page six, I mean.